the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 39 for February 13th, 2006. Greetings, folks, and salutations, and all that good stuff. I'm Dave Hamilton from the Mac Observer. Welcome to the Mac Geek Gab. Of course, I'm here with... Hi, everybody. This is John. Wow. (laughs) Hi, John. How are you? You're not going to hear that again anytime soon. Uh, Well, they will if they hit the rewind button. Why doesn't the iPod have a replay button on it? It should. Yeah, like TiVo. You know, you hit replay and it replays the last eight seconds. Yeah, they're working on that. But I thought I would make up for your less than enthusiastic. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm I, I, have a, I have a cold tonight. So I know. I had it from I last know. week. So I thought I, I, I think I made up for both of us. I there. think you did. I think you did. <laughs> so we so, are. Uh, you, get, you get any white stuff? <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of snow, man. Uh, but you got more than me. I think I got about 10 inches uh, <laughs> here in New Hampshire. You, you got what, like two feet? Is that right? Um. Well, you know my setup. I have the the rear door, yeah, know, screen door. I got a screen door this year, and uh, you know there's the deck with the grill. Okay. Yes. I can't get to the grill. Yeah, you got to use a shovel, man. That's well, what those, I tried that's to open the rear door, and I couldn't oh. open it because the snow was higher than the yeah. door. <laughs> that's we have sliders out to our deck. That's a good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But I have the front door, so right. so I didn't grill tonight. I used the. Uh, oven though there i like grilling even 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 though so, oh yeah we do it so, too. yeah we got pounded i think new york city uh yep. a lot of our listeners are there uh they got like record snowfall in uh central park so right. uh so the north city northeast oh that's that's what it's all that's, about that's what it's all about this and this winter's but been it's, light it, it's funny that we got more than you because I yeah especially think yeah farther up in uh new england we got yeah. there still boston england, boston right? got more than us too it blew out to sea mm-hmm. so uh, but we do have uh, some some uh, bills to pay. But uh, for this this show, is, we're going to talk about XGrid tonight uh, and distributed computing in general. And then we've got some random topics if uh, if we've got That's time. And geeky. I've got some That's wish really geeky wish list editions. It is geeky. Well, this is the Mac Geek Gab, and tonight's Mac Geek Gab is uh, co-sponsored by the Think Different Store at thinkdifferentstore.com. And uh, last week you heard uh, me talk about the Think Different Store. Of course, like I'd said, I I. I've ordered stuff from there over the years. Uh, they, they just have a huge selection of iPod and, and Mac stuff. If you need stuff for an older iPod, they've got it. They've got a great little search engine on the site. Thousands of iPod accessories, and they've got little uh, product reviews so you can sort of figure out what it is you're doing. You can create a wish list there. They're shipping. It's cheap, and they get this stuff out the door quickly, so it's on its way to you. And, uh, and last week I mentioned that... Uh, that they didn't have a coupon code and this week they sent us one. So I kind of feel bad about that, right? Cause they weren't planning on doing a coupon code. And then we asked for one and they gave us one, which is awesome. I mean, it's great that they, they listen and they respond. So now if you use the coupon Mac geek, you get five bucks off any purchase at thinkdifferentstore.com, which is actually very cool of them. So thinkdifferentstore.com. You know, I'm looking at it right now. Oh Are you? My gosh, there's yeah. just a, boatload of stuff here. there is a boatload Top, of stuff they have choose your ipod i would imagine that lets you uh yep. zero in on products specific to your ipod whether it's uh, i see here 5g nano shuffle mini so that that kind of helps you uh get through uh the the 
mil I don't know if it'd be millions, but uh <laughs> I think it's thousands, of, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's still a pretty uh pretty uh pretty lively uh ecosystem. Though. So Co-sponsored co by the Think Different Store at thinkdifferentstore.com. And we're also co-sponsored by Audio Engine. Uh, and they're at audioengineusa.com. And these are the people that made the speakers that I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. They're, they they called the Audio Engine 5. And these speakers are they're designed for the iPod or uh, or your computer, but of course you could use them with, with anything. They've got a standard uh, eighth-inch input jack on the back, and of course you can mm -hmm. adapt that to just about anything else. These things rock. They're 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 you know ten-inch by seven-inch speakers. They, they're white. You can see them on the web. There was actually a review at iPodObserver.com today about them too. But you can see them at AudioEngineUSA.com, and uh, they sound great. I, you know I've got them here in the studio. Um, they they they've got massive low end. I think the low end goes all the way down to sixty hertz. Which for desktop speakers is amazing. And I believe it goes above 20, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't have that in my notes here. But let's just say that the highs are nice and clear. Uh, I don't want to overstate. Yeah, it does. It goes to 22 hertz. That's right. 22, sorry. 22 kilohertz on the high end, which is above the range of human hearing, if I'm not mistaken. I believe human hearing tends to top out at about 20. So uh, these are... These are great speakers. Definitely worth checking out. They they're three forty nine a pair, and they do expect to sell out often. Uh, they're they're constantly making you know they're, they're they're ramping up production. Production is actually underway, and mm -hmm. they they will begin shipping on the twentieth of February. Now we were lucky that we got some, and I'm I'm holding we one right now. And yeah, uh, it's <laughs> yeah, it feels professional. It doesn't look chintzy. It's a nice. Uh, they're heavy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 10 pounds a piece, I think. So there's so. something going on in here. Yeah. But uh, I see the nice little, uh, I don't know what you call this technically, but a nice little uh, air vent on the back, I guess, for the, uh, the bump and It's a port. I'm sure yeah, it's a base out. port. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I've seen that on high-end speakers where they have something because when you're thumping the base or whatever, you got to have somewhere for all that air to go. There you go. I see here the, uh, you know, the socket has a separate fuse. That's a nice construction. AC select. So I guess you could do your, uh, you know, different... Uh, uh, voltage select something for a uh, I guess we've seen it in the diagrams for the uh, airport express yes but so audioengineusa.com and these are the audio engine fives yep so I'm gonna hook them up good yeah you hook them up and we'll talk about them again next week so uh, moving on to xgrid the uh, the the xgrid of course is Apple's implementation uh of a a distributed computing platform meaning you have a job that you want to run and it's a processor intensive intensive job at least so to, assuming presumably uh and again i'm spacey tonight with this cold so you guys will have to bear with me mm -hmm. thankfully john did a lot of research on this so hopefully he can he can lead the charge but but in any event uh there there is a way with os 10 of doing of having one Mac start a job and then pass off bits and pieces of it to other Macs and let them complete their bits and pieces using their processors and then send it back. We sort of saw this, right, with the SETI at home stuff and the RC5 yep. challenges over the years. That was massively distributed computing. Uh, and I guess XGrid could be used in that in that way, and there's no reason it couldn't. Oh, right? absolutely. Right, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, we saw with the uh, the crypto efforts and the, uh, the, the, the thing to keep in mind is that something like this is meant for tasks where breaking them up in little bits makes sense. Um, 
as they've mentioned the RC5 or, you know, they have different uh, crypto challenges, D doing a brute force attack on a, uh, a message where you have to guess the key, the crypto key, which could be, you know, 56, 64, however many bits. Um, one attack, which especially with uh, today's computers, which is feasible because they seem to keep, you know, growing by leaps and bounds and processing speed is a brute Moore's force law. attack where you're like, gee, I will just exactly Moore's law. I believe every 18 months, uh, you know, it's a processor speed uh, supposed to double every 18 months. So I don't know if that's actually true, yeah. but um, anymore, the, is the it still true? Pretty much the, the markets. Uh, I don't know if it's totally true, but the market seems to have kept up with that. You know, we're, yeah. we're looking at processors where we used to talk in Hertz and then we talked in megahertz and now we talk in gigahertz and we'll talk in whatever the next term is. Um, at some point, but the neat thing, um, back to distributed stuff, is a lot of tasks like crypto or graphics or other work where you can break it up in little chunks is that you can distribute it among a whole bunch of computers. Yep. And as Dave mentioned, the uh, screensavers, basically what would happen in addition to making you know things that look nice on your screen, it would be computing a very small part of a huge problem. But the thing is, if you have hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people all doing that, it's like you have a big, huge computer. A massive computer. Parallel processing, right? In many ways. Kind uh, of. It, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all happening, you know, pretty much at the same time. Yeah. But, uh, so Apple was nice enough to include XGrid <laughs> in, um, in OS X to allow you to do that sort of thing. Um, we'll put a link. It was actually, it's something that came out of their advanced computation group. Um, there's this very advanced Apple, um, that I guess, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing they look at, you know, how can we just, you know, do these huge tasks reasonably? Yeah. Um, so, so, so it's in OS 10. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll go ahead here. Um, so, so did you play with it this weekend? Oh, definitely. Yes. Okay. And I, I and, computed many things. And, <laughs> um, so it, my, my, and I played with this a little bit too. So I, these, some of these questions are leading just for, for the benefit of you, the listener, mm -hmm. but, but actually I think John played with it quite a bit more than, than I did. So some of these questions are, are actually not, uh, not leading They're They're simply because I want to know too. Um, your your overall and I, I realize I'm jumping to the very end here, but your overall <laughs> reaction is it so, is it ready for prime time yet? No. Okay, so it it definitely falls into the realm of geek speak, right? Geek. Yes. Okay, that's good. That's that's why we're here. Uh, we will help you. Yeah, that's right. So so what's the what describe the uh, what, what do you need to do on your Mac to get started with this? You just go into the control panel and turn it on. You know, you would think that, but um, <laughs> no. Okay. So there is, um, and we'll kind of, you know, take a little detour here, but there is a way, you know, some listeners may have noticed there's mention of XGrid. Right. In um, sharing you know, the latest uh, OS X. And yep. if, uh, let me just do it here. Oh, and look at this. You know, if I type in XGrid in the system preferences that has a yeah. spotlight type thing. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a little spotlight around sharing. Well, you know, I better go there and check it out. Oh, look, there's a list of services and there's XGrid. So right. look at that. I click on it. I'm going to configure it. And it asks me a couple of questions. It asks me controller. Well, what the heck is that? I don't know. And agent accepts. Well, we'll skip over that for now. But yeah. anyway, so it says controller. So it's like, hmm, you know, I bet you I don't have full control here because it's asking me for the controller. Right, right. So yeah. did a bit of surfing and um, one of our favorite sites here, Mac OS 10 hints. Those guys or, rock. We love rock. you, Rob. We love Rockin'. you, Rob. 
Yeah. So um, they had a little article on this, and as it turns out, so there is a version of OS ten called OS ten server, I believe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that has this service, but you know, if you know the right hand wave or incantation, you can activate your non-server version of OS ten as a controller. Okay, so so just just to back up, mm-hmm. your your com- your computer, one computer needs to be the controller, the one through yes. through whom all of this is managed, if you will. Somebody that's going to pass out jobs to all the other computers, and then when it's got some free time, right. it'll actually process as well, right? Exactly. Okay. So as we brought up before, you know, in OS ten, there is a thing in sharing that says find the controller. Well, but you got to have a set of controller first. So right? you need at least one controller, and as Dave hinted at, it's the you know the. It, it does a lot. So anyways, the way to do that, and we will um, you know, have a link to this article, but basically you invoke a command line uh, command, yeah. sudo execute ctl controller start. Okay, so they we'll have a link to the article. The, the, the command is, is simply x, xgrid ctl, right? That's the, that's the, the program yes. on, on your Mac. And of course, you need, it needs to run as root, so you need to run sudo, s-u-d-o, mm-hmm. and then xgrid ctl, and then space controller, and mm-hmm. and then I believe it's start, correct? That's correct. Okay. And what that says is start up the XGrid controller on this computer. Okay. So um, you can do that. There is also a uh, program we found out there. Uh, I believe it's called XGrid Lite, mm-hmm. which uh, if you do From not Ed like, Baskerville, right? Yep. Yep. So if you, uh, I believe it's Ed, but if you do not want to deal with the horrors of the command line or terminal or something, this is a utility, as far as I can tell, that does the pretty much the same thing. Okay. It finds that, you know, secret hidden command to turn on the controller. So once you're a controller, that's step one. That's okay. good. You need a controller. Okay. Now, you know, how do you, how do you submit jobs? Controller? Well, I'm going to put in a step before that. How okay. do you know what the controller is up to, yo? Ah, good question. So you want to actually see, once you've submitted jobs, of course, you want to see what's going on with the controller, right? You want to see that yeah. it's running. You want to see that it's ready to accept jobs, say. Is that right? Or, or whatever, you know, okay. or, just to connect to it and say, how are you? you know, yeah. what, what, what do you think you're doing? And, yeah. uh, what are your parameters? Who you're talking And all that. And, you know, how could you do now? Start, so starting it up from, from the uh, command line is good, but then how do you, there how do you query is it? a way using the same command that you can yep. find out what the status is x grid uh, control yeah but i wouldn't want to keep typing on the command line that's, that's a pain <laughs> in the neck it, it is geeky, so nice though. if somebody offered a gui that could do that and you know i bet you apple does and yes they do uh they have a little shortcut in the same uh mac os 10 hints article okay um, you can download the mac uh os 10.4 server administration tools and they're freely available uh, from Apple? Yes, they are. You can go to Apple's site. You can download them. Even Rockin'. if you don't have OS X server, you can download them and install them. Okay. Uh, it puts them in your application's server folder. Ah. So if you look in your application folder, inside of that will be a server folder, and you'll see a whole bunch of wonderful stuff in here. Most of it will not work because you're not an OS X <laughs> server, but there's something called XGrid Admin. Okay. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, I'm going to click on that. And then it'll come up and say, choose a controller. Now, if you have run the command that we just told you to run, you will have already started the controller. So when you say connect to it, now, there you go. How do you, does, it, does it find the controller, or do you need to specify the IP address or tell it localhost or something like that? Um, as far as I can see, if you're on a relatively unfirewalled open network, yeah. like 
my yeah. home network, you'll see it. Otherwise, I, I actually tried it in the uh, in the workplace today, and it did not see it. And I had to uh-huh. be explicit in where it is. So, okay. depending on your firewall or your well, it probably was your, using Bonjour, right? Yes, and on your, your, on your local is, network. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I believe they say that in the documentation. Okay. I'll have a link to that. Okay. The, uh, feature list. So, okay. uh, so you may not find it. Um, so make note of the name of the machine that that uh, that is running it now. Yep. Actually, there's a little tip here. Uh, which I think they toss in, but you do have to set some preferences. Okay. Because um, by default, and actually, yes, they have this in the article as well. One of the preferences. Um, this is the Mac OS 10 Hints article, correct? Yes. I just, just so want to make sure uh, people know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for the context. Of course. <laughs> um, but that's why I'm some, here. That's why we're here. That's why. Well, yeah, there you, you go. Give you context. <laughs> so, so the thing <laughs> don't is, don't give me system- context. <laughs> I don't need it. I got a cold as it is. Uh, so they mention a preference that you have to set because normally when it's installed, it will be set up with a password, and uh, that may okay. be a pain in the neck to. On a local network, you're okay without that. On a you know open corporate network or a school network, you may want to set up a password to access the thing. But just for now, ease is this of, a password to access the server or a password for the server to access the clients or both? To access XGrid services on a controller. Okay, gotcha. So okay, so the password is set on the controller. Got it. The controller. Got it. So if you want to talk to an XGrid controller, because the 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 controller has the ability to you know consume bandwidth on your computer, you may want a password. But if you're on an open, researchy type network, then you probably don't want to bother. But Got it. if you're on a network where you would not want somebody to just come along and start uh, running you know, whatever they want on your uh, computer and hogging your processor, then you may want to set up a password. But just for the sake of uh, ease of implementation, they tell you how to turn that off. So okay. that's the next step. Okay. So now we've we've got the controllers activated, right? We've got a client out there, at least one, that's attached to this controller, right? We've gone into the sharing mm-hmm. setup on two or three other Macs. And okay, it's right. the, the, the the grid is in place. Now what? Uh, how do we tell it to do something, right? I don't know. Oh. Can you do that part? No. <laughs> but a uh, intermediate <laughs> step here is that in the XGrid admin, um, there is a thing that um, when you connect to a controller, it also has a list of agents. Agents are the computers that you have set up through the system preferences sharing to make their XGrid uh, resources available. Okay. And could so I name one of them Agent 86? In the Agents tab, you will see all the computers that have managed to contact the controller saying, okay. hey, I have stuff, uh, I have processor available for you. Gotcha. And and I, I don't think you heard me, but could I name one of them Agent Eighty Six? Another get smart. There you go. We'll link that again. Yes, we will. Uh, Geek so, humor. It doesn't get any better than this, folks. Mm, or worse, depending on your point of view. Uh, there you go. So maybe I'll give it over to you, Dave, a bit because you you got part of this set up, and then you you uh, you did a, a little dabbling in how to. Uh, Give well, the controller some work to do. Yeah, well, yeah, that was that was actually the part where it, it got uh, extremely less than uh, all this setting it up. That this was this was great. Then then when it was time to submit jobs to it, it was it was quite uh, well uneventful, right? Because you the only sort of jobs that that I found that you could submit were things from the command line. Isn't that correct? Mm. Yes, but even then, how do you do that? So I think Dave. Um 
Dave dove into doing it from the command line, which uh, is it just uh, from the terminal saying xgrid? Uh, yeah, I believe that was the uh, that was the deal. You you uh, so xgrid. So if you go to uh, slash user slash bin in your home directory, yeah, uh, or from the top level, there is a command oh, line thing called xgrid. Called xgrid. Yeah, mm. you can just type xgrid. You don't have to. You don't have to type slash user slash bin. But mm. essentially, what you do is you type xgrid. And it then space dash H with the the host name or the IP address of the controller, and then the do some authorization uh, parameters. Uh, give your password and, and the way you're going to log in, either password authentication or Kerberos. And Ooh, then that looks nasty. Yeah, and oh, then I'm looking at the manual page, it's just yeah. And Bad and then news. you and then you give it a job. So I, I use something called FFmpeg because that was a command line hmm. utility that I had that would actually do something that would take some time. And FFmpeg is a a, a command line program that will take a video file and convert it into another formatted video file. So it was something that would take a significant amount of time. It wouldn't just you know mm -hmm. happen in a in a heartbeat. And uh, and so that, I mean that did it. It fired up and and you can watch the status and all that good stuff. But Geez, who wants to do that? Do you? No. Do, do they? No. No. Now, so. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? I searched far and wide because of my <laughs> laziness. I'm like, no way am I going to do this on a command line, even though command lines are fun. Yeah, but I mean, what, what's the practical nice. application of this, right? I mean, it, here's, the re here's the reality, folks. And you, you, I know there's some of you at Apple that listen here. So here's, and I know you know this because yeah. you're not stupid people. Right. We're all smart people. We have most of us, a lot of us, not all of us. There are many fortunate people that have Macs. In fact, anyone who has a Mac is a fortunate mm -hmm. person for many reasons. However, there are a lot of people who have Macs who have more than one Mac in the home mm -hmm. and they use things like, say, iLife. Don't you mm -hmm. think that iLife should be X-Grid capable? And is this a rant? It is a rant. Like a, I guess it is. A, it's who, a rant. Who knew? You've uh, blossomed into a rant. Why, why in the heck doesn't, say, iDVD or iMovie or even, well, I guess iPhoto wouldn't be, but uh, but iTunes, when you're converting to MPEG, right, when you're, you're ripping a CD or whatever, why doesn't that just automatically connect to Xcribe? Why, why can't we do that yet? I know it's coming. It's got to be coming. It's so damn logical that it's, of course, it's coming. Mm -hmm. But why make a big deal about having it in 10.4? And then even the latest version of, of, of uh, uh, what do we call it, iLife, I expected that to have native Xgrid support. And, you know, mm. Mr. Jobs didn't mention it in the keynote, and so I got the copy and I looked, and it was like, well, what good are you? Mm -hmm. <sighs> so I'm going to say there's a bunch of people in the advanced computation group that are going, booyah! Booyah! That's right, because they want the budget <laughs> to do this, which they should get it! <laughs> If if they're even around, because every now and then I know that Apple does a, a little sweep of the uh, eh, what's going on in the in the labs and uh, yeah, uh, what, do you, what do you do? But no, this one is high profile enough. Of course, they have yeah. Uh, well, and it makes it just makes sense. It, it just makes sense. Yeah. Now I'm going to give you a pushback here. I, I think privacy is a little problem there. Yeah. I don't want you using my processor. It's well, mine. Damn correct. It. Yeah, but you don't leave, don't turn it on by default. Turn mm -hmm. it off mm -hmm. and just let people turn it on. I mean, I you know, in my home, in my, you know, I've got 
I've got three computers in my office and two over at the house, and they're all connected with Ethernet. I mean, I, you know, I just have this. Just little... sitting there doing most that. of the time. Yes, that's right. And even when the computer's in use, say surfing the web or checking email, there's still mm-hmm. plenty of excess processor cycles there. So, yep. it's a cool technology, though. So, but yeah, you, I, I interrupted you, you, which I tend to do. So I apologize yeah. for that. Uh, <laughs> what's that? You, you do. You've never noticed this before. I've noticed it on occasion. I think we've we've done thirty nine, well, thirty eight and a half shows here, and I think I've done it maybe like uh-huh. uh, more than twice. A couple times. <laughs> but you you so, were saying you found something, right? Yeah. Now there are a couple things. Now one, okay. if you're sufficiently, uh, I'm going to go for the geek. A maximum geek factor here. Watch oh, out. Oh, I think we're there. Um, all right. If you've installed Xcode, uh, Apple's very nice developer tools, uh, okay. you will see... And that's included under, on the, the normal Xcode, right? The, the, the Xcode. Yes. It's on the Tiger DVD, the client. You can get it yeah. from... Uh, you can either install it from the OS or if you go um, uh, developer.apple.com, I believe, but they have a thing called... Yeah. Uh, but they have a developer site, and you can also download the uh, developer Xcode. tools for free. But right now they're called Xcode 2. Dot, I forget, 2.1, I think they're up to. Okay. But if you install that, you will then get a folder on your main uh, volume called Developer. Well, you go to that, and then you go to Examples. I'm sorry. That's all right. Then you go to Xgrid. Oh, and look at that. There are a couple of them, and I compiled them ahead of time just for you. You're so smart. But there's one called Grid. Mandelbrot. Hmm. Interesting. Ah, okay. Some of you remember your math, you know, yep. Mandelbrot fractals. is a, uh, yeah, fractals, all that fun stuff. And, uh, so you build that project, which I have done and, oh my gosh, where is it? Uh, okay. So, um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought it was here. Uh-huh. It's not, that doesn't matter. So, uh, you did it. But anyways, uh, if you build it, you will start up the Mandelbrot application, which is a, a very nice application of d- distributed computing in that it calculates a uh, you know little sector of a uh, very nice pattern. But it's a little graphic problem, and it can be broken up into little bits. So basically, when you start up the program, it will then say, oh, what X-Grid controller would you like me to talk to? Oh, very oh, cool. The controller. And then what happens, basically, is that whole program, the demo program, which is a very nice... Uh, you know, demonstration of what this could do will come up and start rendering it. But then if you bounce back to the XGrid administration app, you will see um, the little jobs and the, uh, actually they have a little uh, thing, a little odometer that will show how much effective CPU you're using. And you will see it start to go to like however many gigahertz that you have in your network. That's so, um, and it will, you know, you can stop it to just convince yourself that, you know. It's actually um, working. It's actually working, yeah. but uh, but it's a very interesting uh, application. So that's one that if you have gotten the developer tools, there you go. You have an application. Actually, I'm sorry. I just compiled it. I'm running, and it says, you know, enter or choose a controller. I say connect. Oh, don't, but don't use, your, to draw don't, don't use the processor on the machine you're Skyping with me with. Yeah, we're not going to yeah. do that. We're going to say stop. Bad. Yeah, very, <laughs> very, very bad. So I, I do have a question for you, though. Um, when when it was in, in, in all its glory there, crunching away on multiple computers, mm-hmm. did, what was your network utilization like? Do you, do you know what, what sort of traffic it was that the controller was uh, using? Do you have any, yeah, any it, recollection? It was spurts. I didn't okay. see, uh, okay. you know, it, it was not uh, noticeable. Okay. But uh, okay. let me go back because you were asking what what do you know other people do? Well, I uh, I found so there's go ahead. Grid 
stuffer. So okay. A bunch of people at Stanford. You may have heard of them. They're a, that a college school. out there. Yeah. Uh, out yeah. west there. Yeah. <laughs> and they developed something very nice and open source, and it has a GUI called Grid Stuffer, and it's basically an application that kind of kind of does what poor Dave had to do in bringing things together on the command line, and it basically puts a GUI in front of that. Okay. So it'll see a controller. It'll let you submit jobs, and it will. But use the jobs, as, even with grid stuffer, the jobs still have to be command line jobs. You just don't have to type the command to stuff them into the, yes. the controller. So okay. you have a text file full right. of your command line stuff. Uh, now, okay. here's the trick. You know, you may have a uh, GUI app that does have a command line option. Yeah, but at least you can batch them together that way, right? Yeah, so it does okay. a very trivial example, actually has some built-in demos. It does one, it uses the uh, cal command in uh, Unix, which generates a calendar. Yeah. So it does that for a demo, but um, but that's a start. It's a start. So I, uh, in my searching here, I stumbled, actually, I didn't stumble. I'm, I'm not going to take credit for this. One of uh, one of our listeners, and I can't remember your name off the top of my head, suggested that, uh, you know, after last week, we said we were going to talk about XGrid. And one of you said, check out DVD to one X, which is a program that I use quite a bit. Like I've said, I, I take uh, movies that we that we have here that we bought and I make uh, menu list copies to, to use in the car, uh, a so that the kids aren't scratching up the originals and B so that we don't have to crash the car off the side of the road, reaching back to hit the play button when the kids are trying yeah. to read the menu to us. So uh, DVD to one X is is a a step in the process that, uh, that we use. And I had not yet upgraded to version two, uh, but found out that version two supported distributed grid mode. Mm. Now it does not use X grid though. So this is, mm. you know, it's this, this is sort of an extension of, of the discussion we've been having here. However, uh, it, it works fairly well. You, you launch, you buy a copy of, of DVD to one X version two and, and your license lets you run it on multiple computers for just this purpose. And you put, uh, I did it with three computers. So I had two computers where I fired up DVD to one X, put it in uh, client mode or slave mode, I guess they call it. Then went onto the master computer or the, the computer that was going to be the master, configured it that way, told it which slaves to look for. So in this instance, mm -hmm. the master actually, from the master, you tell it, look for these slaves as opposed to with XGrid, the slaves are actually connecting to the master. Master, slave. Right. This is normal terminology, by the way. Normal that terminology. We're not geeks. That's right. Yes. Don't so, get the wrong idea. Don't get the wrong idea. That's right. Uh, and and then you fire it up, and it's interesting. It, this DVD to one X is pretty smart. It knows that there's a lot of data to pass back and forth uh, because you're talking about you know gigabytes worth of of a movie that it's got to crunch, and so it's it it intelligently uh, decides whether or not it's worth it to pass all this data back and forth for whatever job it has at hand. And, and I saw it, it, it would, it would sort of depending on the size of the movie and what kind of crunching it had to do. I was the master computer was uh, an iMac G five. So a two gigahertz G five. And on, on a, on a sort of a trivial job, it would just do the whole thing itself. It would connect to the slave, but wouldn't actually ever send it anything. Whereas on a job where it had some good crunching to do, it would, it would go ahead and, and fire this stuff off. Now, with that, like I said, there's a lot of data. So I was seeing throughput of about a, averaging about a megabit a second. So Ethernet, hmm. Ethernet is definitely advised. Um, and, and of course, there's, you know, network overhead and, and all that stuff. But it worked. It, it 
cut the time. I mean, it was connecting to a dual, you know, the dual G4 that I've got here in the in the studio, and then the the PowerBook G4 down in the in the office. And it, it definitely cut the time, you know, probably in half. Um, mm-hmm. And it and it worked real well. It, it you know just fired up and off it went. So uh, it and and that way you know there was no command line because it's all built in. There was one weird thing. If you're going to run DVD to one X by default, it wants to listen on TCP port five twelve. Any mm. port below thousand twenty four is considered a root port, and your mm. Mac needs to be running in administrator mode in order to allow something to listen on port 512. So by mm-hmm. default, I could not get any of my Macs to fire up in slave mode on that port. So I just changed it to 1512, 1512. Mm-hmm. And, and then it worked fine. So if, if you're going to go ahead and do that, make sure you, uh, you, you give it a port above 1,000 that nothing else is listening on. But uh, 1512 seemed to work fine for me, and it was easy because all I had to do was put a 1 in front of it, and away we went. So that's, uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> right no yeah hey so uh so you know what tomorrow is don't you john because uh, we're recording this on the 13th of february so tomorrow's the 14th of february and you know tuesday. what happens day tomorrow is tuesday the 14th of february and you know what happens tomorrow night the no. new the new hampshire seacoast user group mac user group meets now get out yeah now here here's something though and and I've I've had this and I've been hesitating and trying to figure out how to address this because I I, I actually want to go to the you know I've just moved here to New Hampshire and I want to go to the one, mm-hmm. one of the local user groups meetings so a couple of weeks ago I thought well there's got to be one close and there is there's down in Rye it's not that far and mm-hmm. I thought well this is great when's the next meeting and I noticed it's on Valentine's Day now I understand that's the normal schedule it's whatever the second Tuesday of the month and mm-hmm. that's when they meet. But we got it. And, and Mac users are cool people, right? But we got to do something to not further the, uh, the, well, maybe we do, maybe we don't. By scheduling your meeting on Valentine's Day, you're furthering mm-hmm. the geek stigma, right? I mean, that's, it's yeah. just not a, it's just not the, you know. Go on. That non-geeks wouldn't understand. What are you so, trying to say? Well, if you're going to meet on Valentine's Day, what kind of message does that send? And don't get me wrong. I understand Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday and all that happy ha-ha. But it is a good excuse to just get together with you know your significant other if you are lucky enough to have mm. one or whatever. But uh, it, it's, uh, it, you know, it just it just struck me as funny. So when uh, you could bring your Valentine. There you go. So, you. so when I told Lisa that uh, my dad was going to watch the kids tomorrow night, she uh, she turned to me and she said, so what time do we have to leave to make it to the user group meeting? So she uh, she what? she got the joke. <sighs> no, we're not going. We're, we're actually going to uh, out, going out to, to dinner here. What? So, huh? What? Uh, so anyway, the geeks of the world weep. Yes. But I'll go. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna contact him and, and uh, see about going next month because I really I enjoy those user group meetings. <laughs> they can be fun. <sighs> What's that holiday gonna be? I What's mean... that? March 14th is nothing. It's three days before St. Patrick's Day, though. Oh, mm-hmm. right. March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, which is a Friday this year, I believe. So look out, folks. It's a crazy <laughs> night. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know. So I uh, X grid. Are we done with that? I think we're done with that. I have a couple of random things here. You know, I was in the Finder today, 
And, uh, and I thought that I was in another program. And so I hit command two and I noticed the view changed mm-hmm. in the finder. Do you know about this, John? And I know it's in the menu. No. Okay. Command one, two, or three, when you're in the finder in, in tiger, at least. And I think it probably is true about Panther too. Um, it changes between icon is command one list view is command two and column view is command three. Isn't that amazing? It's, you know, it's in the, uh, it's right there in the menu in the view menu. <laughs> I never I noticed, noticed it. that. Yeah. Well, could be, could be pretty new. I figured, I figured I wasn't the only one that, uh, that had, had neglected to pay any attention to that mm. whatsoever. But that's a handy thing. I uh, I'll use that a ton, and so I figured I would I would mention it for everyone's reference. That was the price of admission alone, right, folks? Worth waiting thirty six minutes just to hear that. Thirty six. Thirty six wow, already. Already. Get out. Hey, so uh, it doesn't have tabs yet, but I found this piece of software called Chax C H A X, and it was. Where do you want? Where do you want tabs, Dave? I want. Uh, well, we might as well get the reverb going. Go for it. I chat with tabs. Yeah. So, uh, it Chax doesn't have offer tabs yet, but it does address a lot of really annoying things. I found it on Mac OS 10 hints. So I wanted to give them credit for, for Rob credit for highlighting it this week or last week, mm-hmm. but it, um, it's very cool. It allows you to a turn off that annoying feature where when someone instant messages you you have to accept the chat from them you can just tell it to accept all chats and you can tell it to uh, remember window positions for any given user which is very very cool so uh, for all users rather i guess it's you know just the way that it goes and there's a lot of things you can do with status messages you can have it turn off the little picture in picture window when you're video chatting with someone, which is sort of weird because you kind of get used to that, but I guess you could open up another window if you like. Uh, so that's, uh, that's Chax. And he says, don't pester him about tabs. I'm hoping that means that he's actually working on it, but maybe it means he's just yeah. given up because, uh, you know, I chat with tabs. It's just something we, we all need. <laughs> I think I need it. You need it. I, I need it. <laughs> We all need it. You ju- <laughs> if you if you don't think you need it, it's only because you don't know that you need it. So now that you know, you should think you need it. Yeah. So uh MacBook Pro. Yeah. So mine's supposed to ship in uh on what's Wednesday. Your, uh, what's your uh, latest uh status? The fifteenth. Really? Of February. They yeah, it's well but that's what it's always been. Remember I ordered it, you know, four minutes after the keynote ended. I ran into the speaker lounge, got online and and placed my order. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh so, you know, I'm I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to it. I I've, I've been keeping an eye on all the universal binary stuff that's coming out and mm-hmm. I noticed Audio Hijack Pro has a universal binary version out and Skype is coming with uh yeah. a universal binary that's got some actually Intel only features. It'll do I think it'll do chats wow. with 10 people or something. Yeah, we posted a, a thing oh. on TMO about it. Um, it'll, I think, I mean, it, it should work on, on both processors. It's not an Intel only thing, but it'll add video and mm-hmm. all that good stuff that we Mac users have been missing. So I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to be happy with it. You know, I hope don't, yeah. don't you so hey, they got the name of that out now, you know, we have some names, uh, proposed names for the, uh, for the, the for other the, Macs that are no doubt coming. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are talking, especially 
what will be the iBook replacement? Well, I think that'll just be the MacBook, right? That would be my so. guess. MacBook, yeah, because we've MacBook got MacBook Pro. and MacBook Pro. You know, Pro. That, that, that works out nice. It does work out nice. It's almost like it can't a... can't be the Mac Mini, because that's... Hmm. Uh, no, we can't do the Mac Mini. <laughs> we couldn't, couldn't possibly do the Mac Mini. So just MacBook. Hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think it'll just be MacBook. The, uh, the desktop, though. How about the desktop? The desktop. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting little, uh, little idea there. I, I'm thinking... MacBook Pro... No, no. What about Mac. just what about just the Macintosh Pro, right? Or Mac Pro. Mac mm. Pro. Yeah, we've had uh, I think what Corey Cooper said Macintosh Pro. Neil Sorensen said Mac Pro. Somebody said Tower Mac, which I like. I think Cor you Corey like that? said that, but I don't. I don't think then, that's not Corey Cooper. A different Corey said that. Mm -hmm. uh, not that Corey. Not yeah, that Corey. Corey. Different Corey. That, another. But uh, Mac Pro was trademarked in New Zealand. Uh, back in in the fall, how about Big Mac? Big oh, Mac. No. What no. about Pro no. Mac? What about uh, I don't know. I think it'll be mm. I think it'll be Mac Pro. Seems like they you know if they trademark that somewhere they're gonna go ahead and uh, yeah and do it. So <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, so we've still got names for the studio. I have to put up all the sound tiles. You'll hear it, it's a little boingy in here. Uh, maybe you won't hear it. I'm on this. I'm choked Boing. up on this dynamic mic. So. Uh, you probably won't hear it. Yeah, th this room's just a little boingy. It it needs uh it needs all the acoustic tiles that I bought. I bought like seven hundred dollars worth of acoustic tiles, so I'm gonna put them up whether it hmm. needs it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, so we've got a couple names going. We've got Cone of Silence. We've got the Audio Attic, the Vault, and then <laughs> different drummer studios, which Charles Morrison explained sort of blends everything together because we got the Think Different thing from Apple, right? And then we've got the drummer thing, so that that's how that's how it was sort of married together. <sighs> hey, did you see the uh, the Mac Mini uh, in an SE thirty? Oh no, you sent me that. Yeah, get it's out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Why it's would a, you do that? I've seen a, the uh, aquariums. <laughs> yeah, well, this is uh, a Mac Mini that somebody you know ripped the guts out of an SE thirty and buried a Mac Mini in there. So there you go. <laughs> I see it. Yeah. I just loaded it. We'll put that link in the, the show notes, this? too. Is this Chinese or? Yeah, I, it's Japanese. Japanese. It's Japanese. JP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And boy, you know, it's good to have an OS that understands. Uh, it is good to have an OS like that. that does that. And it yeah. doesn't show up because, you know, I work with my, uh, you know, my Windows colleagues at work. And a lot of times I'll get stuff that, uh, because I install the language pack on Windows. But, um, and you probably have to do that on the Mac too, but it's a uh, part of the default, but it's nice to see that it shows up as something that makes sense instead of yes, <laughs> random garbage. Wow. Look at that. They put a Mac mini in an SE 30. They oh did? man, that would just freak people out. That, yeah. If you transported that in the future, or the past, or if you transported it into the, into the past, it'd yeah, be the, the that, future, you know, that the SE 30 was the first Mac I ever owned. Really? Yeah. I CI. CI was my first. I bought it in 1989, the SE30, before I went off to college. Wow. Yeah. Uh-oh, I just dated myself. Now you, now everyone knows how old yeah. I am. Oh, well. <laughs> At least I'm not as old as you, right? No. <laughs> Someday I might be, though. No, and if you want a hint as to how old I am, what's the episode number? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that won't be true next episode, will it? A couple more. <laughs> 
All right. So that's it. I think we're just about ne- next week is reader feedback time. I want to thank band. our sponsors, thinkdifferentstore.com and Audio Engine. This is brought to you by Cashfly Hosting. If you want to sponsor this, talk to the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Thanks for the uh-huh. iTunes comments and the votes at Podcast Alley. We have Gmail and I think like one Newsvine. Newsvine, yeah, like so. One or two. Reader feedback, Mac Geek Gab at MacObserver.com, 206-666-Geek. Geek. <laughs>